Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, there's another regionals in the books. Chuck sends himself Blossom, and Jake falls short again. Chuck, how we doing, my friend? How we doing? Oh, we are doing okay. Uh, the voice is a little scratchy, if you don't notice, but uh, just got, I don't know, something, I think, from either the regional or just from life. So Right. I know on the way home, uh, you were you were complaining about like a little bit of a sore throat, like something um, that creeping up on you. Um, and now it definitely sounds worse the day after. Um, uh, but hopefully you're feeling all right um, and you recover it, quickly. Yeah, it's not it's not too bad. It's just a little annoying cough that didn't start until the Sunday after. So I don't know where it came from. So I mean. You know, regardless of, you know, you know, um, anything when you're in a large group of people, um, you know, stuff happens, you'll catch stuff. You're you're still touching, uh, you know, door handles, rails, whatever. Uh, people get sick. Um, so, you know, it, it's just maybe uh, a little bit of that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was Canada. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that out. I blame Canada. So. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, but other than that, um, other than you not feeling well, how how you how have you been? Uh, other than that, I mean, it's been pretty good. The week up uh, was fun. Uh, we have a regional recap a little bit later, but mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed the uh, time I spent in Toronto. It's a really nice place. Yeah, uh, had a great view from a really cool room. Uh, definitely one of the biggest cities I've been in in a very long while. Uh, so it was uh need to be there so yeah. yeah yeah so for uh for me yeah same thing um had a blast in toronto um we'll we'll go about the recaps here in a little bit um but yeah like you said the the city is beautiful um there's a lot of plethora of great food choices um and you know it was the first time being in canada for me in probably like 15 years or something uh to that effect mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was pretty easy, seamless uh, transition um, going across the border, um, you know, just ha- hanging out with, you know, you and and Mike and, and some of the other locals um, and getting to meet uh, a few new faces or a few new people that we haven't uh, had the opportunity to meet um, in the Pokemon community um, was great uh, being able to see uh, LDF um, and Metal Magikarp, both, you know, prominent members. Um, that, you know, we've been in contact here or there with uh, and just, you know, for, you know, for whatever reason, not able to, you know, meet up at any of these events and finally got to um, so check two more names off of the list of the bucket list of uh, awesome community members to meet. Um, and I was pretty happy um, with that. Um, the, the event was run really smooth. Um, there are a couple little tiny gripes, I guess we can get into here in a little bit, uh, but nothing out of the, you know, at, nothing too crazy. Um, enjoyed myself uh, again and you know, can't wait to go to the next one, um, yeah, yeah. regardless it, of how we finished. <laughs> yeah, regardless of that. I mean, it was great to, you know, uh, talk to LDF in person, um, especially coming off the our last episode yeah. uh, with him and everything. So it was great to see him in person in and Mello, uh, and a couple other people that we ran into uh, as well. So it was, it's always nice to see 
some friendly faces that you we get to see maybe on on the computer screen, but in in real life. So right. Uh, and then one more quick shout out since we did just bring out uh, bring up LDF. Um, you know, we we had um, him and Lindsay on last week, uh, part of the the Shuffle Squad uh, collab. Uh, and I know they already had their that week's uh, episode already recorded. So we did actually jump on uh, to their end and we'll be on their episode for this coming up week, um, you know, right before the, the Toronto regionals and kind of talking about that. Um, so if you guys are into listening to other podcasts, please go over to the Shuffle Squad um, and then you can hear us there, too. Uh, it was a blast to be, uh, you know, part part of the or being part of their um episode and it was you know it was it was fun being a guest and not kind of you know running the show so um grateful for for that uh for them and you know just the community in large yeah all right but, do you want to get get yeah, into let's breaking? get into into toronto um i but before we start you know, our runs i want to just talk about the venue i know we did this with baltimore um and you know some of the other uh, venues that we've seen, you know, venues, cities, uh, whatnot. Um, so what was your impression of Toronto, um, the city, the venue, um, how it was run, uh, any gripes, any like super props? Um, how did you see this? I, I like Toronto. Um, it was a nice place. Um, a lot of construction going on. I'm going to say that, but Coming from, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, we're used to that. Uh, yellow cones everywhere all the time. So yeah. that wasn't like, that was just like normal uh, to me. But uh, uh, only the fact that it was December in Canada was like, I don't, that's the only reason why I didn't want to walk around. So it, it was pretty uh, cold, <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't it, that cold, but it was pretty cold for us. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh there was a lot of stuff within walking distance from where we were. So uh, we could have uh, just gandered around. Um, but if it was, like I said, any other month besides December, uh, probably would have. Uh, right. So that was nice. The city was nice. The food was good. Uh, we ate at some great restaurants. Um, uh, the area where they held, where Anna Care Center is, is pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I got no complaints from the city side of things, uh, from being there event wise. Uh, I mean, so I will say this is run by overload. So they were the same people that ran Baltimore. So, uh, if we gave them crap the first time, good on you. You did a little bit, you improved. Um, I will say, uh, the event was smooth, uh, some things took a little bit of while, but I, I I know we were sitting around like I think it was around three or four. We're like, wow, it's really taking long. And then I realized that's the drop round. So that they probably had to drop like <laughs> right. hundreds of people. <laughs> right. Um that was uh, we like split up before I realized like this is when everyone's dropping. Right. Um so that was like the only really longish round. Lunch break was okay. Uh the space was cool. Uh, there's a couple complaints I'll go over, but I'll let you give a, a, a quick I'm, rundown too. I mean, I, I second everything you said right there. Um, I really enjoyed myself in Canada, um, in Toronto. I, I would definitely go again. Um, hopefully this, you know, next time we do this, it will be a little bit warmer, 
Uh, so you can do a little bit more exploring of the city in between the rounds, maybe even stay your day um, beyond. Um, but really, I'll just, you know, from what you said was 100% true. So I'm just going to go straight onto the gripes. And this might sound stupid, but um, the chairs, the chairs there were <laughs> awful. Those are the chairs that, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure everybody listens, goes to locals um, and, and at their local game store. Um, there's always like one or two chairs or, you know, some some maybe more than that, uh, that you tr- you tend to try to avoid, um, you know, going <laughs> into your yeah. matchups. And those were definitely the chairs for everyone. Uh, they were very flimsy and uh, kind of laid backward. Like if you if you put your back against it, you feel like you're like leaning backwards and might fall over. Um, so <laughs> wasn't a fan of the chairs. Uh, but again, they that sat, was they that, sat low too. Yeah, they did. They were very low to the table, so that was a little awkward. But you know, nothing too crazy. Um, and then one small gripe, I guess, and this is not really um, a big deal, I guess. But the the mats um, for the promos, everybody was really. I I mean, we got the the Reggie Le- uh, Lecky, um, and I think most people, you know, that I talked to, were a little disappointed that that was the mat promo they went with. Um, everybody was kind of hoping to get Lugia. Um, and it made sense to have Lugia, especially with uh, the Serena's uh, being the promo card. Uh, Serena and Lugia kind of go together. Um, Reggie's didn't really fit the bill there um, as far as like thematic pricing, I guess. Uh, but, you know, uh, it is always cool to, to get free stuff. Yeah, Not necessarily yeah, I, free, but, you know, part of the part of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think the Alecky Matt is pretty cool. Uh, but definitely didn't like jump up into one of my favorites. Um, the only other gripe I had that we didn't really mention was uh, the stream area was just way too close to the play area. Mm. In my eyes, uh, there was just like the chairs almost like had maybe like a two or three person walkway in between them and the play area. So it was just like three people, like shoulder to shoulder. And what that led to was like when Go was streaming, like people were like huddled. So I didn't play over there, but I saw it and I've seen it on Twitter now that if you had to play over by the Go stream area, like you were like surrounded by people. So and you could hear the stream. So it was probably a little distracting. Right. So that's. I didn't have to experience it. Now, I will say at one point in time, I was playing and I could hear the sound effects of Go, even though I wasn't <laughs> even near it. Right. And I was like, oh, that's Go. But I'm used to it. I've played Go, so it didn't bother me. I know how to zone that game out. So, uh, yeah, it. I can see that being – it was just – that was just a little tight right there. Everything else right. was fine. I don't know if they just – the way they had it situated, uh, couldn't push it back anymore or whatnot, but for sure. Uh, I mean, overall, I would still give it like a overall like BB plus, um, as far as just hundred percent say they move, they definitely improved the game from, from Baltimore, from the, 100%. Uh, they definitely shored up some problems that they had from the first one. Um, everything was a lot smoother getting swag was quick and easy uh, for for us because we decided to get there friday instead of saturday did see a long line on saturday but i didn't hear any complaints about that stuff yeah the result yeah for sure 
All right. Well, let's, that's enough about, you know, the venue and how it was run. Cause you know, obviously it was a pretty good experience there on, yep. on that end. Um, I want to go into a little bit of a recap, um, you know, about our runs, how we did um, and kind of the overall feeling of your choice. Um, so if you'd like, you can go ahead and start. Uh, yeah, I'll start. Uh, so uh, I decided on the day to play a lost box uh, variant um i was not uh confident with just just straight lost box like in general right uh, i felt like you needed something a little extra to it uh and i was not confident in my ability to pull off the kyogre play so uh i tried a different amazing rare i went with reshiram um and a little bit of uh, a different play but can basically uh, kill some Lugias pretty easily and anything else. Yeah. Uh, on paper, it looks really good. Uh, played to a final record of four, three, and two. Uh, I rem- respect. I was like, "Give me all the Lugias. Uh, I can- <laughs> I can handle this going into it." And I played uh, out of my nine rounds, seven Lugias. Uh, and I was uh, a collective record of 3-3-1 three, three, and one against Lugia. So uh, not as good as I was hoping. Um, but uh, I want to say like some players did find a good play around to the Lost Box and playing with, with Lugia uh, that I didn't see necessarily coming. Or like they did, they played the game well. Uh and my deck kind of isn't necessarily the most consistent thing. So that also didn't help in the factor. So uh, leading to the to the basically middle of the road record, 50-50. Right. Um, uh, the other two matchups uh, was a, a Galarian Weezing I won and a Palkia I tied. Um, so not too ha- – I mean – pretty happy with that i could probably win the palkia we just uh match up uh we just played really slowly it was a later right. round game so i wasn't really worried about it that much but um yeah just uh not super happy with my performance um probably probably could have played a little bit better i know there's some games that i could have won made some mistakes in but uh i don't know if i chose the best thing on the day um also i mean i didn't get the best prep going in considering i left half my collection in a different state so we did get it um, we did get it yeah i got it it's back and i I got the deck together and i theory crafted and tested what i could and that was what i felt most confident on the day but uh yeah is what it is um I did pull out a winning record with it, so I feel like I proved I proved that it wasn't horrible. I just uh, probably needed more time in the lab with it to um, go the next step. Right. I mean, it's fair. Um, you know, we'll get there. Um, you know, obviously, um, a little bit of more, a little bit more prep might have helped a little bit uh, just to refine the list, the sixty. Um, you know, but overall. Um, you know, you're by above 500. So, I mean, at least uh, you didn't have a losing, uh, you know, a losing 
uh, record when it, when it kind of all is said and done. Yeah, and I I said I, I figured I don't know how much this plays into this into this, but it just it boggles my mind. So the first half of the day, first four losses to Lugia, I lost all the, the coin flips to begin the game. Just like they they get to choose. The last three, I win them all. Right. And I win the matchups. So I'm just like, is it matter? Does it really matter that much to me? Because normally I'm like, it it shouldn't matter. Like I don't mind going second. Yeah. I can do, do my lost zone things, but I, I guess it it might matter. I, it wasn't something that I thought, but maybe it's just me. I'm not. I'm maybe not. Just I'm... being me in my head. Yeah. No. It's it is what it is. Um. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's as much of a coin flip. Um you know, dependent meta uh, on a lot of these matchups as people might uh, put stock into. So um, I don't know what, what exactly to tell you there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. So that, that's pretty much going to sum up my day mm-hmm. um, in a nutshell. Uh, basically I could have done better if I had I've just put more time and, and effort into it, but uh it, it proved to be a struggle to get there um, in, in the practice time leading right. up to the event. So uh, that is what it is. Jake, I'll turn it over to you. You can tell us how, how your, your event went. All right. So very much the same. It was de- um, overall very disappointing for myself, um, um, especially how much prep I did put into, um, you know, as I've said, I was playing, uh, Lugia, um, I was not playing the amazing rare um, Evolto. Um, I chose to try to get a little bit more early game consistency um, with more uh, supporter counts, uh, being able to just set up. Um, and overall, the deck, as far as the deck goes, regardless if I won or lost, um, I only really had one game or one series of games have stumble when I uh, of setting up. Um, so mission accomplished there. Um, but overall, um, I did end up going five four, so did have a winning record. I, I probably would have dropped earlier. Um, but like uh, you know, we we came with one of our locals, Mike, uh, that was still playing for something going into the, you know, into the last round. Um, he ultimately uh, just fell short, but still got points. Um, so that was good on him. Um, but you know, obviously we had nothing else to do but play Pokemon. I wasn't gonna just drop and do side events, so that's why I ended up playing it out. Um, it, the day started off well, you know, went 1-0. Um, my tech of Lu- Baby Lugia um, worked so beautifully in game two, hid, hid that card until the very end, um, and then got an Oko over a VMAX. Um, so it was feeling pretty good there. Um, then went into a Lugia mirror match. Obviously, they had Yvaltal. Um, and game one, I set up um, faster, and I felt pretty good about it, and I was in a position to win. Um, just based off of, you know, where we were, um, he did need one more prize and I probably would have won it, you know, but he had double fish. So he already had a fish on the, on the, on the ground, um, got another one and a Snorlax and came up and smacked me, uh, for one prizer. Um, so that was good for him. And then, you know, the second game, um, Although I play all the, the extra supporters, that was probably one other game, I guess, that I, I did fall short. I couldn't either get the Archeops out or the way to yeet them. It was like I had one or the other. Um, so then I ended up losing there. Um, so 
off to a one-on-one start and then then i hit a counter um this was the the what kind of set me off was round three played against jolteon uh v max with the four count of path to the peak um obviously if i set up um i'm pretty easily okoing them um just because of powerful colorless um and being able to set up there um but they always had path and in the game one i started my pumpkin and my other stadium bump was in my prizes um so the only way i can bump it is with his attack although i did i was able to get like double colorless double colorless attack turn two um but it wasn't enough to do enough damage and then ultimately they put path down again um and then you know block me off and then they were just off and running um and then game two um a little bit of the same just got path locked again um you know i feel like if i set up that's actually a really doable matchup but overall they they were playing a very you know consistent build um although i don't know how jolteon does really in the rest of the meta uh, but did run into that counter box so you know it is what it is um then next round came back uh beat beat a lost box um you know stoutland did what stoutland does um one one that much uh that one for me then ultimately got knocked out of uh cut contention um pretty early which was very disappointing by a mew uh, both very close games um and i think you know i'll talk about that a little bit later um as far as lessons learned i think it was more the 60 i chose more than my consistency because again i was set up consistent and i was doing what i wanted to within the 60 that i allowed myself uh, but my opponent was able to, you know, get path outs uh, and, and just kind of just eke me out um, in that series. So um, a little disappointing there. And after that, I think what it was. Um, yeah, I, I, I played a mirror one and then what did I lose to the really just put me out there? I'm not. It must have been. Yeah, it was a. It was yeah, it was a mirror match, and that one was a very good good series. Um, one game one on that one, and then lost game two, very close. Um, I could have had it, uh, but you know, at the end, he he just um, outlasted me on the resources, and the game three, he just had a, a better start and ended up or a be- better start as far as like prize uh, prize trading uh, and took me there. Uh, and then at the end, I just play I, another mirror and um, and a Duraludon uh, matchups where I just um, was able to do what I needed to do um, and and took it on those ones, but ultimately fell short. Um, and I guess the biggest disappointment for me wasn't necessarily after kind of just thinking about it in my head. You know how hard I am on myself um, with the amount of prep, um, and even with Mike, he, he was you know telling me to go to the the amazing rare. Um, and I was trying to ultimately go with that more consistent build um, just to be able to set up. And I think that ultimately cost me because I had less outs to um, different situations um, within some of those mirror matches. Um, so it really, it, I was really kind of bummed out on that part. And I think ultimately, yeah, that's just what it was is this, um, my 60 wasn't quite there. I didn't have as many outs. Um, it gave me less options. Um, but as far as my play, I feel like my play was pretty consistent and I didn't have any major misplays. Um, but th- there's just something off. It's, it's, I would have to lean towards it's that early game preparation or, you know, pre tournament preparation, um, and deck choice. Um, 
because I feel like I just I don't know. I feel like my game is basically on point and not making any egregious errors. Um, but I also have to give props to all my opponents because all my opponents, regardless of who won or lost, um, they were all clean and I didn't I they were making like super optimal plays, at least in the games against me, um, where they got out of positions that I put them in um that might be harder to come back from. Um so I mean, I guess that's that's what it is. It's still ultimately, I mean, I was I was above five hundred, but that you know, my my goal is to make day two make make noise when I get there. Um, ultimately, I keep falling short, and it, it has to be the 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 prep. Um, I, I guess I was blinded by my win percentage in preparation, just because due to how consistent my deck was running. Um, on IRL and uh, online, um, so I don't know. I, I I just gotta maybe there there has to be a balance between consistency and outs and text, depending on you know obviously whatever deck you're playing. So um, ultimately, I think it's just the wrong sixty I chose. I mean, there's a there's a fine line. Um... When you're, when you're, when you're choosing a deck, I mean, the more outs you have to things, the more scenarios you can play, um, play through, play from behind, and things like that. So, I mean, it is is a tough call, and usually, uh, erring on the side of consistency will help you. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like sometimes. sometimes like I felt just... like I I set up, especially in the mirror match. I felt like I set up more consistently. Um, but I felt like because I was, you know, making deck choice, uh, you know, deck choices to help my early game consistency, it definitely hurt me in the long run as far as being able to sustain resources um, and stay, you know, relevant uh, towards that late game. So um, that's where I'm going to lean towards and try to improve the most, um, you know, going forward. Um, but it definitely hurts and it stings, you know, to continuously fail. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it through because I, I love this game. I love this community. I love this podcast. I, I you know, and, and I'm not gonna just like let it let these failures completely um, overtake me or anything like that. Well, that and it's early with with this with this format in in the in Lugia that we knew Lugia was gonna be popular, and you didn't know exactly where people were gonna go with with counters and whatnot. So uh, that was a, a few things that caught me off guard as well. Just seeing things um, consistently happen that I wasn't wouldn't think would happen or using attackers repeatedly that you didn't think would. Um, so it's it's hard to I mean I wouldn't it, it, it is tough when you you give, you know, you do as much work as you do, and you just not you're not getting the result that you want. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. There's like a I lot said. of factors that come into every event where you have to. Uh, you could go wrong. You you could miss something here and there. So ultimately, I think going forward in the season, I I don't know if Worlds is a realistic um, expectation going forward, at least this season. Um, I think I really want to focus on cut my teeth on more IRL play because obviously 
playing online helps. Um, but the, you know, the ladder is the ladder. Um, but ultimately that, that might've, you know, swayed my decision on my deck as far as the consistency, because I was winning against you know, this, that and everything, but it wasn't probably the, the super dedicated hardcore players, um, that I was playing against, um, even, you know, some here or there, um, but maybe being able to just play more IRL cards when, you know, the, the season opens up, um, get a little bit more feel for that competitive edge in person um, and see where those deck choices kind of go uh, forward. I think that's kind of where I want to focus my game. Obviously, I'm still going to go to these events because I want to improve myself. Um, but maybe try to, it's easier said than try not to put as much pressure on myself or for, you know, anybody here um, and just, you know, improve my game, you know, it's not coming as fast as I would like it. Um, you know, I'm a, I guess I'm a slower learner. Uh, but, you know, seeing seeing these, uh, there has to be something on those upper echelon of players because you still see the same, like, 10 to 15 names pop up all the time. Um, so it def- it's not a necessarily a game of luck. I know a lot of people say, you know, TCG is a game of luck. Um, but there's something those guys are doing differently, right? Um, has to be. Um, and that's where I want to ultimately get to. Um, it's taking a little longer than I wanted to. Um, but you know, my intent is still to get there. Um, it's just, you know, persistence, I guess. Yeah. So we'll get there. We'll, it'll get, it'll get there. Um, just got to keep at it. That's all. Yeah. Keep at it. Uh, play some more or keep playing Pokemon. Keep playing IRL. Yes. Um, every time and... you just got to remember every time you get knocked down, you just got to get up and go back at it. That's all. Right. Yep. That's, uh, basically where I'm at right now. I still feel good about my game. Um, and I actually kind of want to, before we go into, you know, our middle game stuff, um, it, there was a little bit of a funny story there. So it was, um, wasn't able to qualify for t- uh, team sports car junction for the team that I was on last team challenge uh, previous. Um, so week one, I wasn't able to attend because of personal stuff week two or the second one I ended up losing to um, our local Adam, um, which was on my team last season. Um, in the semis, which I think I had a pretty good matchup going to the finals, if I would have ended up winning. Uh, so missed there. And then for the third one, I missed because I had a miscommunication on um, when the tournament started. So I was out to eat with my family thinking I still had an hour and a half before um, and ultimately missed that. So I was very upset, especially going into this weekend because it, uh, it was on Sunday this uh, of this weekend during Toronto thinking I had no chance, especially if I did well. Um, but ultimately, because myself, you, and Mike just fell short of making cut, we rushed home on Sunday instead of say, staying there. Um, got home with about a half hour to spare, built everything on PTCGO since, um, you know, I've um, switched over to live for the most part, um, but was able to jump in on time and ultimately came up and, you know, I, I went, and won the tournament. Uh, so got that fourth spot on my team uh, sports card junction, uh, which I was still really, really happy about. And it, it felt good, um, you know, have a, you know, a little bit of a bounce back, um, made the adjustments, actually used the Eva doll version of Lugia uh, because, you know, that that version is just overall better once it sets up. Um, and I had a couple awkward starts, but um, having double fish is really good. Yeah. Yeah, that that them fish uh, frustrated me the whole time. Yeah, uh, it definitely burned me. Uh, like I said on the on the weekend, because I had crowbat fish, and then playing against fish fish, um, 
seems really hard. Well, that was the thing. I mean, with my deck, I felt like I could trade effectively when they're using, uh, you know, multi-prize attackers. I was expecting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to get a Stoutland shoved down my face, uh, hopefully a Lugia, and then some some other form of a Charizard or Evatol or, or or then getting another Lugia, maybe. Yeah. But uh, the fish kept bugging me. Like, <laughs> they just kept KOing things, everything. And then just going back go, to the deck. And it goes away. Right? And then I'm like, then they throw up something else in its place, and it wasn't letting me trade effectively. Uh, so, um it was and the consistency in which I like. I think the guy, one guy, took three knockouts in a row with fish. Um, the the part that what was murdering me was that he would go get fish, put it down, get a Marnie, Marnie me. So I have to like draw out of this bad hand that I get. But he then, still attacks and chains it. <laughs> yeah, and he still chains and he chains, and I'm the one that has to like then get out of this hand. And a couple games I did, but like. I'm not going to do it every game. So right. Um, that's why I said some guys just, they knew, they knew how to play around it. Even though I threw what I thought was going to be a curveball, because uh, seven out of seven Lugia players, when I put Resher on the table said, can I read that real quick every time? So I was right. like, okay, so this is like, it, not that people doesn't know what amazing restaurant is like, he was like, still, it's a Oko, it's a Oko uh, guy on the, on the, uh, on the Lugia. So, yeah, uh, it's it's a good card. Um, you know, it, it has answers to Lugia. Um, it's just a matter of setting up faster, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I'm definitely a believer in the fish, uh, the double fish. Now, um, it, there there are a couple short fallings, but overall, um, being able to always get the supporter you need and being able to loop, um, attacks and being able to um, save some of those energies while you're looping those attacks is pretty huge. Um, so I think that's a, another probably downfall of my list um you know depending on how i built it so uh you know some of the top players that were playing lugia were playing with uh two Luminion. all right well i think that's good gonna wrap up enough of toronto talk i think we can move in to some fun shenanigans get some fun stuff going and uh let's get into some Trivia. It's, it's time, time for trivia, trivia. Trivia. Jake, I got some quick hitters for you this week again. Yeah, I got to try to redeem myself. Uh, my trivia, as most people that listen to this, uh, you know, this pod regularly know, it's very hit or miss. Um, <laughs> I'm very meta focused. So things outside of my like tunnel vision um, do seem to to get lost. Uh, I'm trying to improve that, improve that but, you know, it's it's not easy for me. Um, there's not a lot of space left up here, um, but we'll try to redeem myself. I know some of our listeners was giving me a little bit of a hard time um, because I failed miserably, <laughs> miserably <laughs> last week. Did it, it didn't hurt my chances because Tord redeemed me and you are still having to play a deck <laughs> with, with the fossils, uh, oh, whoa, even whoa, though I lost some, the trivia. We, we had some uh, good car ride. Spice. banter right <laughs> uh, so i think i got something that actually gonna be fun 
Let's uh, do for it. that unidentified <laughs> fossil deck. Can't wait till next so, week to to hear how that goes. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me. I got to put that together and remember everything that we talked yes, about. Yes, don't forget. All right, so we'll get into this trivia though. I got ten uh, Pokemon uh, attacks or abilities. Uh, so I'll put a minute on the clock here. Let me pull up the clock. And uh, I, you know what? I'm gonna because my voice is kind of crappy. I'm gonna give you a minute and fifteen seconds. Let me give you oh, an extra okay. fifteen seconds. I'm still gonna lose, but okay, let's go. At least five. Come on, Jake. At least five. All right. So I'm gonna start here. The first one. Shadow Mist. Shadow Rider Calorettes. V. Boss Pockets. Boss Pockets? Yeah. Uh, pass. Fleet Footed. Oh, crap. I know this one. Um, um, That's the... That's... Uh, Suicune. Single Strike Roar. Um, that's, that's, uh, Urshifu. No, 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 no. That's, uh, the dog, uh, Houndoom, Houndoom. Apple Drop. Appleton. Wind Up Thunder. Uh, Raichu. G-Max Centiferno. G-Max Centiferno. Um, that is, that is the Urshifu. No, it's not. Chancer. No, that that that's Sensei Inferno is is uh the the sense of scorch. Headbutt tantrum. Headbutt tantrum. Uh, I know this one, but I I'm gonna pass because I can't think of it. Big match. Big match. Wow, I'm worried about this. <laughs> Headbutt tantrum. Ah. Uh, and then here the last one. I you knew that. Get to yeah. Grass knot. Oh, that's cricketune. Nope. Isn't it okay? You got you got four right. Ah, dang it! <laughs> I'm so bad at these. I like I know them, and I'm like, oh, I know this, but it takes me so, just. I'm 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 not that fast. I'm not so lightning you fast. Got, you got Shadow Rider with Shadow Mist. You got Fleet Footed with Suicune. I was there's actually three answers on that one because you. Get yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured it was right. all three. Uh, you redeemed yourself with Single Strike War is Howling Doom and and Sent a Scorch, uh, with G Max Sent Um, so. Uh, Apple Drop is Flapple. So uh, yep, wrong side on that one. Boss Pockets was Haunch Crow. Yeah, I had no idea. I just threw an answer out there. I, I just, I think I've, I've talked about Boss Pockets enough. I thought you I, might guess it. That was nope. one of the hard ones. Um, Big Match was Radiant Halucha. He's in a Halucha here for a reason. <laughs> Uh, headbutt tantrum was supposed to be one of the easy ones. Yeah, Galarian Zigzagoon. Yeah, you're right. I I knew it. it, it, it uh, yeah, I knew that one. It just I would have got there, but again, I'm not good at the speed. That's a, that's a meta card. That is a meta card, and that was on me. I'm not good with the speed, as you could tell. Even though the two that I got right, I had to like say no, so, I was wrong because I, and, I and I'm not lightning fast. Grass knot was leafy on V Max. Okay, and then uh. I I'm added in, I added in a fun one. Wind up thunder, because it's Pachirisu, and I would have accepted a Molga. 
<laughs> I hate trivia so much. <laughs> Why did I even bring this game up? But okay. <laughs> I still have All fun. Right. No, I think overall, I, again, I, I'm not, my mind doesn't work that fast, but um, I still feel like I did a lot better than the last time. So I guess improvement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you did a lot better. And uh, we'll see how the audience did with that one. Uh, and let me know how please start uh, guys throw the shade my way i can take it i i find it funny uh so uh you can give me some grief for not being let, good at this let me know on twitter on, let me know do i have to make these harder or easier or what just, just let me know you gotta like uh, i missed headbutt tantrum that should say something <laughs> <laughs> i didn't miss right. it i just couldn't think of it fast enough um okay so i didn't do a fun lightning round one i just have one card for you uh, it okay. is standard use or standard for the use. Um, and it's guess that Pokemon this ability and or attack belongs to. And today's attack is Sonic Strike. Oh, geez. I'm going to go with. I could be wrong. But I'm going to go with Garchomp. But that might be Sonic Slip. That's his ability. I don't know. I'm going with, I'm going with Garchomp. Garchomp what? Garchomp. There's multiple. There's this is not lightning rounds. So this is there's multiple Garchomps in in standard. Oh, just just Garchomp the the single prizer card. Okay. No V. Okay. Well. Was it I is wrong? the you were right on the guard chomp, you were wrong oh. on the V. Um, so <laughs> Sonic well, Strike. I should have just said the V <laughs> since you said said that, said that, but I didn't. That's that honestly, that was the card I was going when I named guard yeah. chomp. I thought it was so. I brought this card, up. yeah. So I brought this card up because you know, people are playing the Reggie Drago deck uh, here or there, trying to make some cards work, guard chomp. Um, on its own is a little too awkward as far as energy costs for a water to fighting and a colorless. Um, it's so Sonic Strike discard three energy cards from this Pokemon. This attack does 220 damage to one of your opponent's Pokemon. So um, potentially, you know, taking anything on the board out. Um, I know I I was playing against a Reggie's at locals a couple weeks ago, and they used this attack on me. Um, and hit hit my bench that I was setting up a Lugia V when I only had one of them up there. Um, so ultimately, you know, takes KO um, and that attack you know, won, won the game for Reggie's. Um, so, you know, it was a fun little attack um, in, in a box like that. And I think um, that's is about all the meta you're ever going to see with this card because um, on his own, um, not a good thing, um, too awkward. Um, but, you know, I like the versatility in the attack overall. Drago will make Reggie Drago will make those dragons playable. Yes, you see, Reggie Drago will be one of those decks that will sneak up, I think, still. Um, it's not the metaphor quite yet, but we shall see. All right. So that's gonna wrap up trivia, and we are gonna slide right in to not random card madness because we're gonna go revisit our ongoing project of the radiant. Tier yes. list, Radiant Pokemon tier list. Right. So um, currently, we have been putting all the Radiant Pokemon into tier lists. 
and we'll give a quick recap of where we're sitting. Uh, so Greninja and Charizard are in S tier, Radiance. There is no A tier Pokemon. Gardevoir, lone, uh, lonely hiding out in B tier. And then uh, everyone wants to hang out in C tier with Blastoise, Heatran, Halucha, Venusaur, and Sneasler. Uh, and then we have D tier, which was Eevee's tier, but uh, Steelix joined Eevee in that tier. Yes. Um, so we have three more with the release of Silver Tempest to add. Uh, we have Radiant Alakazam, Radiant Jirachi, and Radiant Serena. So uh, who do you want to start with? Um, let's go for the perceived. I don't know. We haven't talked about this. Um, but let's go lowest to highest. Okay. Uh, so I think we should start with Alex. Then. Okay. Um, so, uh, Alakazam, uh, has the, uh, ability to, uh, move two damage counters, I believe, um, mm -hmm. with his, uh, power from either side of the board to wherever you want. You just move damage counters around. Uh, and then a uh, cool attack to go with it. Uh, don't have it. I can't see it actually in the picture that I have. Um, mm -hmm. But where are you putting it? Um, I I would firmly put this in C tier. It's definitely not EV slash Steelix tier. Um, and currently, right now, I don't, I don't know if it's quite useful in some of the decks that might see it. So, um, you know, I just think the the things above it that we mentioned with the the Greninja, Charizard, and Gardevoir are just better in, you know, the decks that are seeing play right now. Um, do I see a world where this can maybe sneak up um, and do well um, and maybe work itself up? Probably, maybe. Uh, but for right now, I feel pretty comfortable putting it at C. Okay. And um, just to go over, since I could, I, I pulled it up so I can read it. Uh, it's, uh, you may move two damage counters from one of your opponent's Pokemon to another of their Pokemon. Um, and then the Mind Ruler attack, which is actually the same thing that was on his Alakazam V. Um, 20 damage for each card in your opponent's hand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you on C on that one. I haven't seen Alakazam get played uh, that much. Um, so... Yeah, I'm with you on C. Right. So the next one, we can probably go ahead and talk about Serena. Um, so they, you know, it has ability and attack. Um, the ability, once during your turn, you may heal 20 damage from each of your Pokemon. Um, on paper, it sounds good. Um, the deck that I would say that this would most fit into right now um, is that superior deck. Um, but a lot of those decks are still just playing Gardevoir, and I think Gardevoir overall um, probably just better. Um, being able to block out, block all those things off. I don't know if twenty damage is quite enough right now. Um, so I, I feel like Serena for me is still kind of in that C tier, um, and I think these are two uh, the bottom of C tier compared to what was already there. Um, so, but. Between the two, for me, they're like one, two, as far as like um, uh, towards the bottom uh, of that C tier class. I'm going to argue that she's sitting in B tier because mm. people have figured out a use for her. Um, I have seen Serena pop up in the uh, with the Articuno decks. To, okay. Okay. 
basically heal the Articuno so it can keep doing the paralyzation. And I don't think it was in the Zekrom. Like the Zekrom so, usually. I mean, that's a cute. It's a cute it little a, trick, but yeah. I, that's like a one shot thing where, um, you know, the meta will adjust if that start, starts seeing play. You've already kind of seen decks like Lugia start to play Bird Keeper to try to get away from those. Um, I know Arakuno still ultimately seen some success um, this weekend in Toronto. Um, but if that kind of play with the Articuno is the only reason it's keeping it in B tier, um, a, a card like Bird Keeper just shoots this down. Um, and I still think I would rather Gardevoir for that extra buff or defensive buff taking taking hits. But I mean, I see your point, but I think it's also easily, easily counterable um, overall. I mean, yeah, I, I think that was my only argument for why she might uh, get, deserve a little bit of a bump because she is seeing uh, success in a current, like just it's in a counter deck, but it is currently seeing a little bit of play at top top areas. But yeah, I'll go with C2 because outside of that, uh, I don't see it uh, seeing anything. Gardevoir is simply better because why not prevent it before you have to heal it? Right. Um, so let's get into the last one, uh, which is Radiant Jirachi. Uh, right. So uh, this one has a double fold cool coolness to it. So Entrusted Wishes ability. So if this Pokemon is knocked out while it's in the active um, from damage from an attack from your opponent's Pokemon, you search your deck for up to three cards and put them into your hand, then shuffle your deck. So cool thing is if you lose Jirachi in the active, you get three cards. Right. Um, and then it has an attack called Astral Misfortune for two colorless. Uh, so you flip two coins. If both of them are heads, your opponent's active Pokemon is knocked out. Just get a KO right there with Jirachi. So uh, for Jirachi, you can attach a double turbo, throw her in the active, and say, "I might let me let me see if I can take a knockout." And if you mm -hmm. don't, then you go, "Okay, well, I'm getting three cards, maybe." <laughs> or you can still take knockout, and then they take or knockout. Yeah, you get cards. <laughs> yeah, you get three cards, and then you can put her back in the active and do it again. No, you could <laughs> you can uh, get three cards and, and go a different route. Uh, I like Jirachi, so I I'm arguing, do too. I am arguing that this definitely sits in B tier. Um, now I'm not going to say it's going to be any uh, popular. Um, I uh, as, don't know. I. Uh, but I feel like she would serve uh, just as good of a purpose as like a Gardevoir does. So that's why I'm saying B tier. I could argue A tier. Uh, I'm because... going to argue A tier. Okay. Argue, um, argue A tier. I mean, Convince again, me. there is still the, the same argument that you can be said, uh, like Path of the Peak shuts off the, the ability portion. Um, but sure, a lot of these decks don't play that. Um, you know, currently right now we do have Galar Mind. I um, mean, we saw Cleavor see some kind of play when it first came out, but the problem is you have to evolve it. You can just smack down a Jirachi, put down a Galar Mine, um, and go 50-50 there. And like you said, um, being able just to draw cards um, where they have to either gust around it because they don't want to give those cards to you because um, you can just set up a, a good game state um, feels pretty good. We've seen you know some of the content creators you know use this um, in some of their fun decks. Um, seems pretty, I mean, I guess maybe B tier. I don't know. Um, 
it's probably not super super meta but this definitely out of all of these pokemon i would say the the only two that are like kind of fun to play um in general are greninja and charizard because they actively they they actively influence the game with with their attacks and their abilities um the, and i think jirachi does the same thing where you can have jirachi impact the game a lot more than everything else everything else literally is just there for their ability they don't attack um and their abilities either hit or miss i guess i i mean with the exception of heatran heatran does uh attack but um I don't know. I feel like Jirachi, you'll see more of it at the local level and maybe some of these League Cups um, and still see some some kind of success. So I'm going to, I guess I'm going to say B, but there is an argument potentially for A. I, th- I just, I do like this card, um, especially in the Zora Arc box deck um, and, and other decks like that. I think it's a pretty easy include. It can, it could uh, influence the game in multiple different ways. And that's why I give it a I would say it's above Guard of War, but if you put it in A or B, I don't know. I'm uh, you didn't convince me on that argument. I'm gonna keep it in B until I see it in something that's not cheese. Um, well, it's uh, the ultimate cheese. <laughs> it is the ultimate cheese, and you are correct in what you were saying. It does influence the game, like uh, a Charizard or a Greninja does, and more so than a Gardevoir does. So there is an argument for A, but it doesn't in like it doesn't impact it's not good enough to put in big decks yet so yet so and for right now i'm going to keep it in b i'm going to i'm going to give gardevoir a friend in jirachi they can chit chat maybe not get along and one of them will go to a maybe yes okay so yeah i i strong b for sure um but you know with potential to go to a eventually or or next next time when I come up with my new deck and I'm using Radiant Blastoise, I'll talk you into moving that bad boy up. We'll Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for uh, trivia and random card madness. It is time to move in and uh, hear a word from our sponsors. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. Don't forget to check out our weekly league Mondays at 6 p.m. And we're back. Thank you again, Sports Car Junction, um, for being a cool sponsor and letting us continue our giveaways and now uh as i forgot last week we have to crown a november winner yes we do for uh the giveaway so this november's uh the month of november's giveaway we got a few entries quite a few entries in so happy that keep keep up uh the entries because we're we're Spoiler alert, we're going to do one for December, too. Uh, but as I as I make everyone sit in suspense, waiting to, to hear the name, uh, I have pulled out of the magic hat of this week's winner. This is, month's winner. This month's winner, not week. We're not doing these weekly. 
this month's winner is Trainer Skills at Trainer Skills on Twitter. Don't know your real name, but you are the winner this month. Uh, Jake will probably DM yep. you. I will and... reach out to you, and you get all your info. Um, you know, on the DMs, uh, and don't worry about um, shipping. We'll we got you there. We can ship it directly to you. Uh, so all we'll need is your information, and you know we'll get you your ETB um, ASAP. Yep. And all thanks to Sports Car Junction, yes. our local store, providing us with these cool uh, giveaway opportunities. Hundred percent. Before we move on, but, I want to just but, say thank you again to Sports Car Junction, not only for the ETB giveaways um, and being able to help us give away to the community. Um, but just the love and support they show Chuck and I on this on the podcasting side, on the player side. Um, even though we ultimately, you know, have, have fallen short of our ultimate goals so far, um, they're they're there just supporting us um in every way. Um and it that support for for from them and just our local community um is so great and I appreciate it um tremendously. And we'll keep we'll keep going for you guys. Uh, we'll make you proud. So, without further ado, it is December, and December is a happy holiday time, so it's time for the Triple P, the Triple P ETB Christmas giveaway to the... Yes, so we're going to do... Jingle, 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 <laughs> jingle, 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 jingle. We're going to do things a Try little bit different. Try to put some bells in there. We're going to do things a little bit different here this week, or this month. Instead of going through the whole month and then picking a winner, um, we're just going to do it the next two we're going to have two keywords it's going to make a phrase and then you just need to um you know send both of those in for the next two um and then we'll get, do the giveaway uh the week of christmas that way we can send out some holiday cheer um and then you know we'll go ahead and potentially do another giveaway next year into the january month but for this month of december we're only doing Two giveaway or two words, and it will be the first two weeks of the, uh, we the have, month. Of the month. We, we have two words that will uh, give a small little phrase, like you said, that as long as you will enter before we pod, we release our podcast on uh, before we record on uh, before yes. Christmas. So, uh, most likely like the 19th of. We will announce your Christmas winning winner, um, and uh, we'll get that sent off before, hopefully, around the holidays. So it'll be yep. a little bit of Christmas gift to thee. Exactly. So, we, like you said, there's only two two keywords um, to make the phrase, and this first week's keyword is radiant. Just like go. those, the tier list we did. Yep, Wait. we just did a tier list, uh, so it was very good uh, thematic thing there for us. Uh, good job, Triple P. <laughs> Keeping it thematic. Keeping All it right. thematic. <clears throat> Happy holidays, guys. I'm just going to name the episode. The keyword is radiant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't don't make them listen. Come on. <laughs> uh, but that's it for the news, because uh, the only other news we have in the Pokemon scene is that uh, there is a complete list of uh, 90 uh, secret rares from V-Star Universe. Uh, so there's a complete list of that out. 
uh, which will be Crownless. Uh, well, which should all be put into Crown Zenith, our set. Um, so there's some pretty cool art in there. Uh, pretty cool uh, gold card they just released. Uh, but that's about it. Nothing else new. Just a uh, cool new reprint uh, altering arts. So right. Uh, other than that, I guess we could say the news is uh, Piper Rolla Pine wins her second regional at Toronto. Yes, I do want to go about a little bit of a high-level recap on um, just overall um, Toronto, um, not a, uh, anything to do with us, just kind of how the meta was and the top eights. Um, so I have a list here with the top eights. We had Isaiah Bradner. Um Sharon Frasha, I don't know if I said that right, uh, Grant Manley, um, Kristen LaBella, La Piper Lapine, uh, Charlie Lockyer, um, Caleb Gittimer, and Jake Gearhart uh, at the top eight. Um, and, you know, we same suspects as far as like decks, overall deck themes. Um, a lot of Lugia out there, um, a little bit of, of control. Um, and then, you know, Muse seeing some some good stuff there um, as far as Lost Ox, too. Um, don't don't know what everybody specifically played because there's a huge list here and I didn't kind of link the pieces together. But, um, you know, congratulations to Piper and everybody I just mentioned there for making top eight. A lot of those people, you know, are the, the usual suspects, um, you know, saw, you know, a lot of the top names, even if they didn't make top eight, uh, they were still up there in the top 16, top 32. Um, so, uh, pretty stacked top of the field for sure. Uh, yeah, I know, uh, I believe I remember seeing one tweet, uh, with Grant, Caleb, uh, Azul, and I think it's Danny Altavilla. I think they were all playing each other in a round. Yeah. Like in tables right next to each other. And they're like the test group. They're all playing the same 60. <laughs> right. And like, they were just like, well, we got it. They're just, uh, I can't remember what they said. Like they were eating yeah, or destroying each other or something like that. Or I mean, that's ultimately um, but, the dream of a test group, right? Is to get yeah. to a, a high point point in any uh, tournament and have to do something like that. Um, it's you know it's unfortunate they to, that they have to knock yeah. each other out, but then it's a <laughs> super cool experience, um, you know, to have something kind of like that. So yeah, they had a, they had to only allow two apparently. Right. <laughs> um, but ultimately, you know, Piper Lapine wins her second regionals of this season, and she is the only person um, for this season that have done that so far. Um, so big, big congrats to her. Um, and she did it with a different kind of deck than she did before, because I know the last one was uh, before this last uh, or two sets ago, I guess. So they, she had the uh, Radiant Charizard with the Intellion engine, uh, but this time she won with Mewtwo Control. Yeah, yeah, and I was, it's, I mean, it's uh, Mewtwo Control. Uh, not much else to say besides, uh, you know, it, it it's geared towards stopping Palkia from doing doing their things. Lugia, so Lugia, Lugia, not Palkia. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, it, it stops Palkia too, but yeah, uh, yeah, definitely stops Lugia from doing its thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, well, the thing is with Lugia, it's still such a strong deck. Um, it's still going to see success um, for the rest of this format. Um, and, and you kind of already talking about this last week uh, with the Shuffle Squad 
um, and just kind of what we've seen so far with uh, Lugia. It is a strong deck, but it is very susceptible to kind of control elements to it because there's not a lot of switch outs, um, at least going into this tournament. Um, the special energy heavy. Um, so it's already a deck that you have to play the resources pretty close to your chest um, against the single prizers. Um, and if you're starting to lose energies faster, um, then you can keep up with um, on the prize race. Um, there's a lot of, you know, trouble when it comes to um, Lugia versus control. Um, and then obviously Piper's proven it that she's just a, a great player with um, decks that, that can kind of set up long game um, that aren't like just beat stick decks. Um, so right up her alley there. Um, so big congratulations. And I think we all knew that Mewtwo, you know, with with uh, with uh, Sander playing it at the regionals previous or uh, at LAIC, um, we all saw the potential. And it was just because Tord was such a great player and he uh, was able to get past a, a seemingly impossible matchup. But, um, you know, the decks, it's, it's strong. I played against it a couple times here on the ladder. Um, and it's definitely a deck that you have to think uh, a lot about your resources when you're playing against it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, she had uh, matchups in her favor when she made the top eight, I think, kind of looking at the field. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that was going to give her too much. As long as she could, you know, get the control game going, mm -hmm. uh, obviously. Um, speed could outdo it, but uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yep, it definitely is. And it's definitely a deck that needs to be even more respected, um, you know, going into the next couple of events. Um, so Lugia players are going to have to have some kind of answer to this um, if they want to continue to see um, the success rate at the high levels. I think um, I think the one thing is Mewtwo uh, stall or, or control is not a deck that like the average player could pick up and, and play. So I don't think you're ever going to see it at regionals at a high percentage of play. Um, but the people that are playing it are generally these, you know, these players that are super talented, um, that are already seeing success either way. Um, so if you're seeing it, you're probably in a lot of trouble if you don't yeah. have answers for it. So Lugia players, you definitely need to have some kind of answers to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, just like a like a side note, looking at like all of the top eight, uh, collecting. I mean, it's a little bit. Uh, for as popular as Lugia was, because I remember looking at the stream, seeing that it was like a mid-30s representation of the field. Mm -hmm. um, uh, only two made top eight. Um, Isaiah being one of those. And then we had the two Lost Zone boxes in Caleb and Grant. Uh, and then uh, uh, Palkia made it. Jake Gearhart's Palkia. Uh, Isaiah was playing uh, Palkia as well. No, he was playing Lugia. Was he? I swear I saw well, walk past one of his games and I thought he was playing Palkia. He, nope. He has he Lugia, look at his Twitter. He has uh, he was playing Lugia. Okay. Well, either way, I, think, I mean I think someone said he was playing Palkia, but uh, uh I somewhere, but it was not him. Jake made uh made the top eight with Palkia and Teleon. I do want using, to talk about that deck a little bit. Using those Articunos and then the two like the uh 
we had one just Articuno and Teleon and Charlie Lockyer. He was just playing our, uh, the Inteleon box with uh, with Articunos in it, um, using a Radiant Alakazam. Uh, <laughs> and then we had it. We did have one, one Arc Duraludon, and then Piper with Mewtwo Control. So right. I mean, uh, it was not a Lugia fest in the top eight, but um, stuff, yeah, I mean, things. There's so, some some Lugia hate in there with most of the decks. Um, I do want to talk about that Palkia um, that Jake Gearhart played um, with the Articuno. And you kind of mentioned it when we were doing our Radiant tier list um, as far as um, the Alakazam, right? Is that what's the, the, your moving well, damage counters? So you can move yeah. them off of your um, your Articuno and then put them on your opponent while you're still like paralyzing them. Um, a lot of decks, again, not playing, especially if you know like Path of Peak and locking there. Um well, you couldn't do that with that, but either way, like you're you're trying to just stall, um, you know, your your uh your Lugia players, um, so you can start winning that prize race a little bit more favorably. Well, I think, um, the Alakazam doesn't move from your Articuno. Alakazam moves from, uh, I think that's. Just, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. That that's moving from your damage on your opponent's Pokemon around how you want. So that I think is just uh I think Charlie was using that as a little bit of a damage fixer yeah. on some things. Um not entirely sure, but I think one of the people that were in his test group, I remember seeing one some of them did use the Sarina, like I mentioned earlier, just to heal the Articuno. Because what the Articuno does, right. uh, for those of you who don't know, uh for two water it, it has wild freeze for 70 damage and then it does 50 damage to itself and then it leaves the active Pokemon your opponent's active Pokemon is paralyzed. So as that so it's doing damage to itself and paralyzing. Um the thing that Charlie did to heal his Articuno was he uh used the uh emergency jelly. Ooh. So that was the cheeky play and throwing the emergency jelly on the Articuno. Because our emergency jelly reads at the end of each turn, if this if the Pokemon this card is attached to has 30 HP or less remaining and has any and has any damage counters on it, heal 120 damage from it, and then you discard this card. So that will let you be able to art like you article you can Articuno has 110 damage or HP. Mm-hmm. So you can Articuno twice with the same one. Um and then once it ends that turn at 10 HP left, it would trigger the emergency jelly and go back to full health. Right. Yeah, it seems pretty good that you can continuously just loop that and stall out enough um, if you set multiple things up. Plus, you get your board site set up and Lugia can't really do anything unless they play that bird keeper, which um, myself and a lot of Lugia players were doing. But, you know, even at that, it's just a one of. Um and maybe not its potential to loop all the time. So um, pretty good tech. Yeah. And that's why I think he ultimately chose the Alakazam because if he needed to take a, a you know, take a, da- take a couple damage counters off something and went to the bench, he could speed up the process and getting a knockout yep. each turn. So, yep. Pretty good. So, I mean, uh, 
Maybe Jake Gerhardt, um, you know, unlocked Pacquiao, which Pacquiao can start seeing a little bit more success, at least being able to stand up to Lugia's a little bit easier, um, you know, going down the stretch here. Yeah, because yeah, adding that's that's pretty much what Gerhardt added to his Pacquiao was the Articunos, right, and the and the emergency jelly too. So, so uh, maybe maybe Jake was uh um playing the Twitter game a little heavy there because he was like, you know, I saw that meme. And we kind of talked about this with uh, the Shuffle Squad. Is like he had that meme. Is like he's sitting in the corners. Like all these people don't know I have like eight counters to uh, Lugia. <laughs> and after you know seeing the eighth one, and I, there were some ridiculous things in there. You're like, yeah, he's just playing around. But like seriously, like Articuno was that that secret sauce that nobody was seeing before uh, Toronto, at least um, at these events. So it was it was great. Yeah, and I think that is going to be one of those things that uh, you get the profit from a closed deck list. Uh, but I think we've seen it in two regionals, uh, and we didn't really go over Stuttgart or or uh, Brisbane either. Yeah, um, I haven't really got to look at that myself because we were in Toronto. Um, but I think after a t- couple regionals, Lugia players in general are seeing like, hey we're getting taken advantage of the fact that we don't have any switch outs. Uh, I think hundred percent, I think the deck is going to start playing some switch outs and then these parallelization effects aren't going to be as, uh, I guess profitable is a word to use here. In this right. Situation. I mean, but at that point you're still probably, um, switching out and may like, if you are playing a bird keeper, um, then you're you're using your supporter so you're not gusting. Uh so you're only taking a one prize and they could still potentially um do some shenanigans there. Um so we'll see. There I don't know. Lugia players will need to adjust um to the rest of the meta now. Um but I think it is a deck that could definitely do that. Um especially how easy consistent it sets up. So we shall see. Um it's gonna be it interesting even, going to the last. Yeah it may not even be like switch outs. It might just be some special condition love you know right like, right i mean there, there's definitely yeah there's definitely some things they can do um we'll go from there and uh, uh see how it goes yeah uh, were there any other decks that you really want to talk about um uh going you know from toronto going into the the next few uh events coming up no the only other card i kind of want to bring up is the the change that uh it's not really – we don't have to go over a loss zone box mm-hmm. like, that Grant and, and, and Caleb were playing. But I would like to just – they switched out the Raikou uh, for the yeah. Zekrom. And if you read Zekrom, he reads very similar to that Articuno. Um, it's just a lightning card. So uh, weakness, you can do a little bit extra damage. He does 130, and he does 50 or 60 to himself. Right. And then you paralyze. So – um, that's a good single prize option too that we've seen for lost box uh, for sure for lost box yeah yeah and then I guess a little last one we'll just end it on Mew I guess um, Mew um, still saw a good portion of play um, and some success getting into um, you know day two at least um, still great deck uh, still has two versions of it I think it can compete with the Lugias um, it 
it might struggle against Mewtwo control, um, especially if they're not managing their resources quick, uh, quite enough or they're not hitting fast enough. Um, but it's still a good deck to a good decision to play. I think it's still within the top five um, decks. And I think the, the top five decks have kind of been solidified. Um, and obviously there's wiggle room within, within, within each of them. But like still, you're still seeing Lugia's uh, Lost Boxes. There's different text there. You can still throw the Kyogres in there. Um, obviously, Control is um, put its hand or its its you know into the discussion there. Uh, Palkia yeah. is re-entered. I think the top five with uh, with some of these texts here. Um, let's see if you can stay. And then uh, Mew again, um, a solid deck. Um, control is in a really good spot right now, I think. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes going forward. Um, I don't know. I think some single prize decks might see some play. I I'm really interested in Zora Arc Box now that I'm not going into any of these regionals coming forward. So I think I'm going to focus on my game on the that deck at least for the short term future. I'm I'm also looking at some spice just as the I want to experiment with some stuff. For the time being, um, uh, I might uh, try a little bit uh, with some B drills. I didn't see anything get real far in this tournament, but we yeah, we'll see. Um, the bees can... did see play, but I don't. I don't. It just ultimately didn't see success enough. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, we'll see. I have other some spice ideas too, just to see if uh, I can make some things work with some bad cards so 100 so yeah for for me and you i know um i'm not going to be going to um any tournaments for at least two months i think so it's definitely the time for us to experiment a little bit um it's it definitely you know kind of readjusting our my goal for the season um is to really just still work on my my game and my my irl game um, and to do that, I think I just need to play, you know, I, I've had a fair share of meta play, but I also want to play some of these other off the wall stuff. Cause you see, you see players like Isaiah, um, or, or, you know, I, um, Azul and they always bring stuff that nobody was th thinks about, or even like Sander, nobody thinks about, um, and then they see success and then it's like a mainstay staple. Not to say I'm trying to create the mainstay staple, but I want to play some of these decks that aren't like straight up the norm uh hey this is lugia this is pakia this is mew um even lost box to an uh to a degree um and i, I just want to you know make my game a little bit more well-rounded yeah okay i like uh, i like that every now and then too like sometimes it's just fun to try and craft your own idea um, which right. is what i'm kind of doing at the moment just trying to like i I am not out to uh, break the meta. Like I'm not trying to craft a counter. Uh, right. I am trying to make a, a Pokemon that I like that just recently got a new card uh, into a playable deck. That's all. I'm, I'm going to try. Uh, I know everyone probably poo-poos on Mawile V-Star, but uh, <laughs> I want to like basically make that deck work somehow. Uh, I well, what, no about what, it. what deck you do need to work on and we need to update next week. Um, is that uh, that fossil deck? Yes. So all I do know is that I looked over the fossils. We did this in the car, and there's a thought that Anorith 
knocks it just instantly knocks out Pokemon if they have 100 HP or less. We got a cool new tablet to make everyone have 100 HP. Does it do that all at once? No, like multiples. Uh, no, it's 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 just if your opponent's active Pokemon, but you know, but everything a little bit active. of, but uh, it's an elaborate two shot game. It's an elaborate ploy to use unidentified fossil. <laughs> so, uh, that's that's the the game plan at the moment. I crack that sixty. Uh, I have basically, uh, a, a well, fifty more cards to use with the stupid counts of <laughs> fossils that I have to add in there. <laughs> so, we'll look at it. Uh, so yeah, with. Four anoriths, four fossils, and two earth and steel stones. That's what I've got so far. I'll figure out the rest. Yeah, sounds good. I can't wait to see or hear how you do. Um, but I think that's going to about wrap it up for us. So we did keep it under the hour and a half mark for the first time in a little while, which is nice. kind of cool. Um, but yeah, ultimately, um, you know, we'll just keep a plugging away, uh, have fun at the game of Pokemon, because ultimately that's what we're here for. Um, and just keep improving as a players um, and content creators. So thanks everybody for hanging out with us till the end as always. And remember um, this week or this month's giveaway word. First word is radiant. Yes. Radiant. And all you have to do is message once with both words. So write this one down. Remember for next week. Yes. See ya. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at watch whimsy and ryan at ry for gaming you can also reach us on twitter for the whole pittsburgh pokemon podcast at pit pokepod thanks again guys and gals we will see you all next time see you later